1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Hitting the news you might have
1: missed. It's Denton's Daily News.
2: All right, Denton, how about those Wizards? Oh, you already talked about them. Are we going to talk about their 143-131 loss we'll, last we'll talk, night? Uh,
3: we'll talk a little bit, but I want to talk with the te- about the team right now that's one-upping them because we had largely considered the Wizards the worst team. In the nba and the detroit pistons have said hold my beer uh they're on the verge of history kevin they have now lost 24 games in a row they're 2 and 24 or 2 and 25 on the season but they're 20 loser 24 in a row the longest streak lo- lo- um, losing streak in nba history spanned two seasons that was 28 games that was the philadelphia 76ers when they were in the full-blown tanking mode the Josh longest, Harris. yeah, the Josh Harris. The longest single season losing streak is the post decision 2010-2011 Cleveland Cavaliers that lost 26 consecutive games. The Pistons next four games, they got the Jazz at home, on the road against Brooklyn, home against Brooklyn, and then on the road against Boston.
2: Okay, so they've lost 24 in a row.
3: 24, and by the way, last night Cade Cunningham, their guard, 43. Had 43. I saw
2: that. <laughs> He
3: actually – I did
2: not love him coming out. He's a good player. How's Jaden Ivey playing for them? Because I really thought Jaden Ivey from Purdue had a chance to be a really good pro too.
3: He's averaging 11-3-2. Not sensational.
2: But Cade Cunningham has developed into a pretty good scorer. What is he averaging? He's got to be 25 somewhere around there. He's got some big games a lot of nights.
3: Yeah, he's averaging 22-7.
2: I mean, this. by the way, for people not paying attention, which is the majority of you, um, we're on a pace for the all-time highest-scoring NBA season of all time. I mean, if you, like me, pay any kind of attention to the league. I mean, last night, as an example, the Kings won a game scoring 143 against the Wizards, who scored 131. The Clippers, who are the hottest team in the NBA, and all of a sudden it's starting to work with Harden. Um, and Kawhi Leonard's on an absolute tear, by the way. Uh, they beat the Pacers 151-127. to 127. There was another game that was 138-130. Every night you've got somebody scoring 140-150 to 150 a night. Um, it's as entertaining in terms of just pure offense and shot-making and scoring... As the league's ever been, um, which will make I think for a really interesting postseason when you eventually get to it. But uh, yeah, the, the the irony, as I mentioned the other day when we were talking about the Pistons, is they've lost now twenty four in a row, but they started the season two and one. I mean, they haven't lo- they they have not won since you know week three or whatever it was. Uh, it's got it, and most of the games are ugly. Last night, I think they were relatively close. Um, I watched the NBA game and then flipped it on for the end of the Wizards game. And just because it's interesting to me that they've played better recently. They beat the Pacers Friday night. They were up eight going into the fourth quarter against the Suns on the road. Bradley Beals hurt again. And then um, <laughs> last night, Jordan Poole, I mean, he could not miss. He was on fire from behind the arc. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a joke of a team. I do like Kula uh, Koulibaly. Some of you have, have said, are you watching this young kid, their first-round pick um, from France? Yeah, I've watched enough of him. There's a lot there to like. I, I mean, he's got the body type to be um, one of those excellent defenders. And he also is a better shooter and a better offensive player than I thought he would be at this point. You know, he's just, what is he, 18, 19 years old? Something yeah. like that?
3: He's super – hey, poll question. Who gets the second contract, Sam Howell or Bilal <laughs>
2: mm, <laughs>
3: He's basically I mean, just their Sam Howell.
2: Yeah. Well, no, but, but he was a first-round pick with a super high
3: upside. Well, Yeah, but I'm saying, like, this season, we don't care about the wins and the losses. Oh, as long right, as right, that right. guy ends no, no, up being good, no, no, This good, season's
2: about watching him because he's going to be – right, if that's what you're saying. He's going to be a part of their future. I- exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, what else do you have?
3: Well, one quick other uh, NBA story, which you're going to you're going to love this. I actually don't hate this, by the way. I, do. I think it's necessary. I know what you're going to say. The Laker, the Lakers stupid. rose that in-season tournament banner. All right. Oh, one down. You got to be kidding me. Right next to the championship banner.
2: So glad they lost the game afterwards. <laughs> which they did to the Knicks last night. The irony of that. I mean, raising an in-season banner Really? Look, I'll I i will. I'll, I'll give kudos to the NBA players, the NBA family, for getting behind this and actually making it a much bigger event than I ever thought. I was dead wrong. I thought this was going to be completely overshadowed by football season, that the, the players weren't going to care, that this was just going to be a joke, and it wasn't. The games were intense. The players played hard. They, they treat, I mean, it, there was a playoff atmosphere in some of these games. Um, but raising the in season banner, I hope they didn't put it next to all of those great Laker teams that won titles. I hope that in season banner is like somewhere tucked in the corner of crypto arena. I'm, Is it?
3: Uh, well, I'm doing some research, but my biggest uh, wonder was: Did Magic Johnson tweet about it?
2: I do yeah, not see a Magic did, Johnson, or tweet. did AI tweet on his behalf? Because it certainly doesn't seem like he's actually um, tweeting. All right, what else?
3: All right, so in the NFL, uh, according to Robert Sala, Aaron Rodgers, quote, wants to play. The Jets are eliminated from playoff contention. Zach Wilson's in concussion protocol. He left early uh, this past weekend. He's going to be on Pat McAfee today. I think he hosts an hour, which that adds up, I guess. So we'll get more uh, information out of Aaron Rodgers, potentially. I don't know. I I don't think he's going to play against our team this weekend or again. I don't think there's a reason for him to play again this season, but Aaron Rodgers is, he's going to Aaron Rodgers.
2: It would be so irresponsible for the Jets organization to play Aaron Rodgers this year. They have been eliminated from the postseason. There is no upside to playing Aaron Rodgers right now. In fact, you know, there's only a downside like we've been talking about with respect to our team. Why win games? And Aaron Rodgers with that defense, probably if he's healthy and playing even at 60% of Aaron Rodgers, that's better than anything they've had all year long. Why would you play him? That's where honestly an owner needs to step in and say, uh-uh, I I'm paying him, what is it, forty-something million dollars a year? No, it's all about 2024 and making sure he is ready to go. There is no benefit of putting him on the field. Now from our standpoint, that would make Sunday worth watching to see Aaron Rodgers, you know, come back in the the shortest turnaround in the history of Achilles injuries and play for the Jets. The if you guys haven't watched the Jets this year, they are so good defensively. Now they are getting a little bit banged up here as of late and Sunday they got beat 30 to nothing. But in some of these games even if you look at the final scores in the first quarter and a half, first half, I mean, they beat the snot out of people and then it's just that they can't score offensively and eventually it just gets away from them. But that is that's one hell of a defensive Football team, I think DVOA-wise, the Jets are still in the top two or three defensively, which is a miracle considering they have one of the worst offenses that DVOA's ever measured. Number three, DVOA defense in the league, still number three, 32 offense, dead last offensively. I mean, just so everybody understands, the, the offensive DVOA is a percentage number, um, they're at negative 33.6%. That is historically low. And next worst are the Giants. Which, and they're 5.5% better than the Jet offense. The Jet offense, who are they going to start at quarterback if it's not Aaron Rodgers? Is it Simeon?
3: I think it'll be Simeon, yeah.
2: I mean, he's he's brutally awful. I mean, I feel like we said that about a lot of quarterbacks this year, and then all of a sudden, you know, Josh Dobbs, you know, Jake Browning, um, DeVito. um, Last night, I mean, a lot of people think Drew Locke's a joke. Cooley always loved Locke coming out at Missouri. He's like, that guy can make every single NFL throw in the right offense he'll be able to play. He had the moment of his career last night drew lock did that drive was spectacular the throw to the 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 touchdown throw is a beauty the throw to to dk metcalf that got him down there within striking range was a pretty damn good throw and a great catch by metcalf um but uh i don't know man The, the jet situation at quarterback's been the biggest joke all they had to do was go sign joe flacco you know, when they were remember at some at one point they were still with that defense winning some games? You know, they they had, didn't they have a five hundred record at one point, like four and four or five and five? Not five and five, are they five and nine now? Um, if they had if they had signed Flacco, they would be definitely a playoff team. They had Flacco last year, too, remember early, but wanted to uh to see Zach Wilson. All right, what else you got?
3: All right, Demonte Kazi, the uh, stage for the Pittsburgh Steelers, suspended the rest of the year for the hit that he had on uh, Michael Pittman over the weekend. Of the I haven't Steelers
2: seen the game. hit yet. I don't know why I haven't seen that.
3: It was, pretty, it was pretty brutal, but I don't know if it was suspension for the rest of the year worthy. But apparently this guy's had other issues. This yeah, was only it's like the first Kareem time. Jackson. Yeah, but this was only the first time he was flagged. So he'd been fined before for hits, but this was only the first time he'd been flagged for uh, an illegal hit.
2: Yeah, I don't know that getting flagged means anything because they miss so many calls. It's what they see afterwards and how many times a player gets fined and how many. I'm I'm looking at the play right now. I didn't see any of this game uh, on Saturday. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Is Pittman out?
3: Uh, He definitely left the game. I mean, the fact that he was walking was impressive after that one.
2: (laughs) That's a big hit. That is a big hit, and that is a leading with helmet hit. Man, these guys. It's hard to play that position, though. Really hard to play that position. Um, what else? Anything else?
3: He basically reverse Scorpion. Uh, do you want a college story or do you want the Chargers' hilarious story? Uh,
2: I don't care. Whatever you think.
3: All right, I'll give you the Chargers' hilarious story. According to sources, they have, quote, no limitations on their next hire. I feel like that should be a given when you're hiring a head coach with Justin <laughs> Herbert, but no limitations for the Chargers. They can go anywhere Sp- they want.
2: Spanos, the the son owns the team, right? The Sp- Dean Sp- Spanos' son. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. No, no. Lim- yeah. I mean, if you have to say that, it kind of means that you've been, that you know, bargain shopping. For the, yeah. for the, I mean, that Brandon Staley was basically, uh, you know, a Black Friday special. Uh, where they got deep discounts. I don't know. Um, that I do think the whole conversation about the, the open jobs, you know, and they're going to be eight to 10 of them. Um, it's going to be a busy, busy off season. And, you know, we, we talked about this last week, but Bill Barnwell put out that story about, um, you know, ranking the job openings. And he had Washington way down the list, you know, of 10 potential openings. He had them at uh, seven. And I, I, I see the Chargers, obviously, being a really good job. I see the Chicago job being a good job. I guess to a certain extent because of where New England potentially will be drafting this year. Um, but Washington's got to be top three or four. Now the the Chargers, I'd rather take the burden hand with Justin Herbert, and I do think it's a burden hand. I do. I think Justin Herbert with the right staff, with the right team around him, I I, I like Justin Herbert. I uh, I think you can win big with Justin Herbert eventually, um, and I know it hasn't happened. And they blew a twenty seven nothing you know lead in the playoff game last year. But Washington's intriguing. You know, I, what what Barnwell kind of wrote is just that there's still this haze over the Washington, you know, situation. Even though everybody understands Dan is gone. This season being one of the worst in recent memory for the franchise, and there, as we've talked about before, plenty to choose from. There's still this feeling of, you know, my God, that place There's no worse place in the league to go to to play a game. Their fans don't show up. It's a road game. Like, there's a lot that is going to be carryover. Um, So, I'm not saying that they're in the same position that they were with Dan. That's not true at all. It's much more attractive. People, you know, and agents understand that Dan's gone and that there is, you know, some level of pent up demand. Um, in this market and that if you cl- came in here and you turned it around you would be you know you you'd, you'd, you'd have a statue built to you. Um, be careful though with statues but I, I would uh, I, I still think it's a, an attractive job. I do. I, I mean the picks, the salary cap space um, having you know a, a new ownership group I hope they're able to get who they want to get. But the Chargers' jobs attractive, especially now since there will be no limitations on who they go after. What was your college story real quickly?
3: Uh, Nebraska just landed a huge recruit yesterday. The second quarterback in the upcoming high school class, the number eight overall recruit, Dylan Rayola, flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. Now, it's worth mentioning his father played on those great 90s Nebraska teams. I believe he was a linebacker, Dom Rayola, and his, um, his father... Or his uncle is a um uh, a coach on staff. Yeah, yeah.
2: Didn't Matt Rule land somebody else last week too?
3: Well, remember they he did, but they also had an opportunity to get Kyle McCord, and then Kyle McCord went to Syracuse instead, which leads me to believe that Kyle McCord was the backup plan in case Raiola didn't want to come and play for them. That's a huge get for Matt Rule.
2: Man, Nebraska is one of those places where um. You know, their fan base probably thinks there's something um, that they're not anymore. Uh, I think a lot of college fan bases fall into that trap of thinking there's something that they're not anymore. And the real issue with Nebraska, as much as anything else, is location. You know, as the, the powerhouse teams that, you know, grew out of the South, in the SEC in particular, in the state of Florida, all of them, and Uh, You know, Nebraska in the middle of nowhere in Lincoln, um, it just became, over the years, less desirable. And then the memories of of Nebraska's greatness just, you know, we can say that about our professional football team here. I mean, nobody that, you know, you got to be of a certain age now as a fan of the sport to remember that this franchise was actually relevant. Most people think it's irrelevant and has been that way forever. They don't know. Um, and Nebraska, I think, has really, really been hurt by the location. You know, it's truly in the middle of nowhere, even though that state loves everything. You know, I, I remember Mark Turgeon telling me um, that Nebraska was one of his, and and, and uh, Willard has said the same thing, that Nebraska's just amazing to everybody in that league in the Big Ten because they've had some bad basketball teams. But when you go there in the middle of January and it's snowing outside, somehow that arena is packed. No empty seats for every game. Didn't they fill up um Cornhusker Stadium for a volleyball game in oh, the fall? A yes. women's volleyball it was game?
3: Sick. It was so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. That was awesome. Yeah, you're right about that. Can
2: you imagine living in a state like that where that college and everything about that college when it comes to sports is everything for you. Now, people who live in Omaha and places like that, they're Chiefs fans, I think primarily, so it's been great from that standpoint as well. Um but my god, we don't know in big cities on both coasts, you just have n- we have no idea what it means to be so immersed and so deep into, you know, college program we've had that certainly at times in this city more so than even say new york or boston you know on the east coast with with the the college basketball teams maryland and georgetown um but man football and and they support everything in those places amazing all right uh we will come back Uh, i want to tell you about montez sweat what he's been doing if you're not paying attention to it um and then mike jones will join us at noon kevin she and show team 980
3: Wizards in action last night on the road on the West Coast taking on the Sacramento Kings. They dropped a four and twenty-two with a one forty-three-one thirty-one loss. Jordan Poole, ten of eight from the field, eight of thirteen from three-point range. He let all he let all Wizards scores. With 28 points, De'Aaron Fox put in 30 for the Kings to lead all scores. The Wizards in action on Thursday against the Portland Trailblazers as they continue their West Coast swing. In college hoops, the uh, the momentum that was built by uh, women's basketball, Caitlin Clark, uh, has very much continued over to this season. They've sold out a couple of road venues already this season. That streak continues. The February 3rd matchup right here against Maryland at the Xfinity Center, according to Kareem Copeland, is officially sold out. It's the first sellout for the Maryland women since they hosted UConn back in late December of 2016, almost 10 years to the date. And that's what's trending.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.